The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. You know there has been a lot of talk over the past few weeks over the drug hydroxychloroquine and whether it should be used in this battle against COVID-19. Some are touting it. Many scientists, though, saying there needs to be more evidence. And that is why more research is being done around the world and right here at home. A clinical trial of the drug is underway. It's about to get underway in Alberta. And 600 volunteers are needed. We're joined this afternoon by Dr. Lon Schwartz, who is an associate professor of infectious disease at the University of Alberta's Faculty of Medicine. Dr. Schwartz, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Maybe you can start. Um, you're, you're the first person I've, I've had on the show to, to talk about this, and I know a lot of folks have a lot of questions. Um, this drug itself, um, from what I understand, it's an antiviral, and it has been used for a very long time to treat things like malaria, uh, I think HIV, and lupus. Um, how did it get tied to the coronavirus? So, um, as you said, this this drug was first developed for malaria over 70 years ago, and uh, more recently it's been uh, used in Canada for lupus and for rheumatoid arthritis and uh, occasionally some other infections. It became... um, of interest to us for uh, coronavirus after SARS uh, 1.0 in 2003, when uh, a number of different molecules, different uh, chemical compounds were tried against uh, the virus to see what would um, inhibit the virus. And uh, this is one of the drugs that proved uh, to be uh, promising. So it's uh, been repurposed from uh, from the other indications for which it's used, and it. Uh, is being uh, tested in, um, in in COVID in SARS-CoV-2, and it was found also in a test tube to be effective. So now we're trying to determine whether it is actually effective in people, which is an altogether different matter. If it's effective in people, and what's what's interesting is we're hearing uh, all sorts of people touting it as as uh, you know. Whatever, uh, saying that it's it's quite successful, but scientists are saying we haven't done those tests. I think a little bit of confusion might have come out of uh, the United States in the last couple of weeks when the FDA issued that emergency use use authorization. Has that caused some confusion in your mind? Yeah, it's, so it's caused a lot of consternation. So initially, um, even before then, when um, uh, the president was touting the benefits of this drug based on a very small and, um, if I can say, very uh, weak uh, clinical trial that involved just a handful of people. Um, After that, there was uh, a lot of enthusiasm for this drug. A lot of people uh, started clambering for it and, in fact, started hoarding it. And it caused a lot of problems for uh, the people that that really need this drug for uh, proven indications like lupus and rheumatoid arthritis. Now, for the FDA to to say uh, go ahead and use it based on the data that is available is quite remarkable because um, as I mentioned the 
the the evidence for it in people is really uh, underwhelming would be would be to put it mildly it, the studies just haven't been done and um, it sort of makes our position difficult because if people are already using this drug it's harder to study um, a lot of people might not uh, meet the criteria to, to join our trial if they've already had the medication uh, and it's also getting harder to acquire for using as uh, a trial medication so it is causing some problems uh, but we're going to uh, try to see in a, a controlled setting whether it can in fact prevent uh, SARS-CoV-2 infection or COVID-19 so what we're doing is we're looking for individuals who've been exposed to COVID-19 through either living with somebody who's infected or for healthcare workers if they've looked after someone who's infected without proper uh, personal protective equipment. And those individuals were going to um, give either hydroxychloroquine or a placebo, and we're going to see whether we can prevent the infection from actually uh, taking hold and um, and, uh, if infection does occur, whether in fact we can prevent it from being severe and and, um, prevent those individuals from requiring hospitalization. Uh, From what I understand, and Dr. Schwartz, it's very little when it comes to this sort of stuff. I talk on the radio, but from what I understand, antiviral medicines, they reduce the amount of virus in someone's system. So I'm guessing that an antiviral like this would be best given to someone at the start of an infection, not later on in the infection. Am I jumping to too big of a conclusion there? Or No, I think you're exactly right. Um, a, a few trials have been done, not with this particular medicine, but with other medications when patients are already presenting to the ICU. And probably it's not fair to expect a, um, a medication is going to make a difference at that point because it's no longer an issue of viral replication. It's now the body's immune system that has kind of gone berserk and is causing the damage. So uh, I think you're exactly right that uh, the intervention needs to be happening as as early as possible. We think that probably the uh, benefit of this medication is is modest at best. Um, So uh, if we use it before people are infected or if they are infected, if it's only, you know, a very small amount of virus, that we can block that replication and we can um, we can block a more severe infection. But right now, that's just hypothetical. We don't have any evidence that it works, and that's why we need to do this trial. So you're hoping to recruit as many as 600 people across the province, but this just isn't a province-wide study. This is, um, you know, across the country um, being led by McGill University. Can you tell us how it will work across the country as far as collecting this data? Yeah, so this uh, study actually started in the United States, led out of the University of Minnesota, and um, we were really impressed with the trial design and and also uh, identified that there was an important uh, clinical need here and so uh, we adapted the trial to Canada so uh, first in Quebec and then Manitoba and now in Alberta we have um, I believe six other provinces that are in the process of, uh, of submitting ethics uh, to also be able to participate in the trial so it may well be uh, Canada-wide in the, in the true sense okay. um, and um, the problem is in Canada of course each of these different prov- provinces has different um, uh, 
health requirements, and so it's a little bit tricky, um, and, and there's a lot of regulatory issues. But uh, we're hoping that we can enroll as many people from across Canada as possible. And uh, one thing that's unique about this trial is that uh, we're able to enroll people from across the province, so not just in major centres, uh, Calgary or Edmonton, really anybody that meets eligibility criteria. Again, if they are over 18 and they live with somebody who's infected with COVID-19 or if they're a healthcare worker who's been exposed to COVID-19, uh, no matter where they live, they can uh, go to our website, which is covid-19research.ca, and uh, they can uh, see whether they're eligible to participate. We will uh, ship the drug to them. They never need to come in to uh, see uh, a doctor or a study nurse. Everything is is conducted um, online through secure uh, web forms, and um, and it's only a five-day course. So we're really optimistic that Albertans are going to uh, see value in this and that we're going to be able to produce high-quality data that can advise uh, future clinical practice. Dr. Schwartz, uh, the side effects from this drug, is that something that um, that people would need to have to worry about? So, um, as with any medication, this one uh, is not without risks. And um, we are taking great pains to exclude anyone that would be at higher risk of side effects. Um, the most common side effect of this medication is just mild uh, nausea. Occasionally, uh, people can have a rash, but what we really worry about are more serious things like uh, heart rhythm abnormalities. And uh, this is really something that is, is only seen with, uh, or is most frequently seen with uh, high doses over prolonged periods, but also can be worsened if people are taking other medications uh, that also have a, a, a similar effect. And so uh, the, the major exclusion criteria for our trials are um, being on any medication uh, that has uh, this sort of effect on the heart. And, um, and uh, people will learn about which medications those are when they go to our website. There's probably too many to list here. Uh, Dr. Schwartz, a question for you uh, from one of my listeners, and I'm not sure if you know the answer for it, but um, when I had mentioned that the FDA had uh, issued emergency use authorization for it in the United States, we know that some uh, patients are being given this uh, in the States. How closely are they being monitored, and have we seen any, um, any, any results of how effective it has been in those patients? Do you know that? Do you know uh, no, and the problem is that... Um when it's not being done in a clinical trial, that information isn't collected methodically. And um, so it has been used very widely in the United States. It's also been used very widely in Canada already. And, and um, we're really recommending that people don't use this medication unless it's part of a clinical trial because it's really essential before we start using uh, experimental medication that it's part of a, uh, a safe monitored uh, study and, and that we are collecting the appropriate outcome measures so that we can determine whether this actually works. When you say it's being widely used in, 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 in Canada, do you mean with COVID? So it, ha it, it has been used uh, for COVID. So um, a number of different uh, college um, of physicians, uh, including the College of Physicians in Alberta, have put out statements to uh, yeah. warn their members not to be uh, prescribing this medication for themselves and for family members because, uh, unfortunately, uh, some medical professionals have been uh, hoarding this medication because they hope that it's going to work. Uh, so obviously this is a deeply problematic 
for a number of reasons. Um, and so uh, they are clamping down on that. Um, and, um, and and we really want to, to discourage that. We don't want people to be using up the drug supply when it is needed for other indications like lupus and rheumatoid arthritis, and also uh, when it's not proven to be effective. And really, right now, there is um, quite literally no uh, evidence that it works. So we really need to prove that first. All right. I remember Dr. Henshaw talking about that last week and being quite uh, firm about that. I just didn't realize that it was maybe being used as much. I thought maybe it was uh, a little bit more anecdotal than it was um, maybe a little more serious than um, oh, more serious than what I thought. So uh, how does this happen from now? What is your timeline? Are we are we looking weeks? Are we looking months here, doctor? When, when might you have some answers? So this study, uh, as I mentioned, what has been rolled out already in some other jurisdictions and they've been really successful in uh, recruiting uh, patients. And I think that we're going to have our first interim analysis uh, this week to determine, uh, uh, just to make sure that it is uh, it is safe in the doses and the durations that we're using it for. It's too early to know whether it's going to be effective, but that... Um, analysis will happen in a couple of weeks. Okay. If it does look like it's it's promising, or at least if it's not futile, then we'll in, um, continue until we get to about 3,000 people. And at that point, we will uh, analyze the data. We're going to pool it between all the different provinces that are uh, a part of the study, as well as uh, throughout the United States. And we're hoping that we're going to have that information um, within, within weeks, or, or um, certainly within six weeks or so. Dr. Schwartz, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon, taking time out of your busy schedule for your insight into this and your candor as well. I appreciate it very much. Please keep us updated. We'll be following. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me.